Alright, so like I said in part one, I divide this up into parts. If you want to know what time each thing is at, either look in like the bio of the episode or look on our Instagram at Bach Fancy Talk. Hopefully you enjoy part three. Welcome to what looks like this is the second part of the major episode. And what we are going to be talking about is how to mock draft. Well, it's kind of simple, but if you want to actually be ready for your draft and what you're actually planning on doing, this is the perfect, perfect way that I like to mock draft. I've already mock draft from every spot, so I don't really need to tell you how that works, but I'm going to tell you how I mock draft. So I'm sliding in a mock draft right now. Like always, 12-team PPR is what I do. But definitely the first step is realizing what is my league like am I a PPR am I a non-PPR like how is that working and that's how you how you get started so I'm sliding into this eight spot right here and this is before my rankings so you know I'm not going to dive in who does what and how this is so our draft order as I'm filming this 1:30 on July 21st our draft order hasn't been announced yet so what I like to do before every before I get my draft order spot is where do I like to pick? That's the first step. You got to like, where do I like to pick? So, you know, you're getting a feel for it. Like this year, I think I like four through eight, right? Because I like to get a top tier player and I believe the tiers are through one through eight. So let's say I get the eighth overall pick and that's what I'm going to be doing right now. So I'm going to dive into these pre-draft rankings. Like ESPN, like everybody has different opinions, on where who should go where like all this different stuff like if you like cmc a ton over austin Eckler, then take them like i'm not going to convince you to do that fantasy is on what you believe like if you like Bijan, if you like rookie running backs take a rookie running back if you like digs over adams i would especially do that this year but chilling at the eighth overall spot through espn's ranking rankings as they are right now i either get justin jefferson jamar chase cooper cup cmc Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Bijan, or Tyree Kill. Like, that's what I got to be aware of. But let's say, like, there's three different positions right there. And let's say those are my top eight. Like, those are, I know I'm getting one of those guys. So at least I can start there. But let's say you really don't want a running back. Or you really don't want a receiver. Then you kind of got to switch your rankings up and do all that. But, like, how it is for me, I'm just open with how the draft flows. I recommend not in the first round, not worrying about where a guy plays on the position. Because remember, the first three rounds are just getting guys that are going to be consistent this year. Getting guys that you think are going to average you 15 points a week. And then the guys in the later rounds are where you win your leagues. Like I always say that, just get consistent guys. It's like Tyree Kill is consistent. I'm waiting for this draft a little bit. Tyree Kill is consistent. Bijan, you know they're going to run the ball, so he's going to get a ton of touches. You want that guy, but if you like Jonathan Taylor a lot, or you like Stefan Diggs a lot, and, and you want to pick nine, I highly recommend that. Like, if you really like nine guys in this draft, that's where you can pick. But now we're gonna slide into this picking eighth overall. My mind going into this mock is I'm getting one of these eight. I'm getting one of these eight. If I'm at four, then you just gotta go by your rankings. So you gotta say, okay, I'm getting one of these four guys. I'm either getting Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Kelsey, or Eckler. That's how you gotta be. So right here at eight, okay, I know I'm getting Tyree Kill, or I know I'm getting Bichon. So let me go to my second round pick. The second round pick that I'm going to get is pick 17. So then I'm looking here, and I'm like, all right, 
I'm either getting like Tony, like if I really like Tony Pollard, I really like Jalen Waddle. Like, okay, I'm getting one of these guys for sure. Like, you're getting a really good player in the second round. But if you're picking second, you gotta think, oh my god, I'm kind of screwed through ESPN's rankings. But another thing when you're mock drafting is okay, you gotta take every single scenario. You should at least be doing five mock drafts just to get a feel like, okay, this is what my team should look like. So at eight, let's say you got to simulate, like if you get Kelsey one time, you got to get Kelsey and just see how it is with a tight end. If you get Tyree Kill, you got to see how it is with having a wide receiver. If you get Bijan, you got to see how it is with the running back. That's what you got to do when you're mock drafting in these rounds. You got to see from the positional value. Because if you if you take Tyree Kill at the start, you're like, okay, I'm good at wide receiver. But then you take A.J. Brown in the second round. And then you come back in the third round, and you really like T. Higgins, and then you take T. Higgins in the third round, and now you're done with receivers for basically the rest of the year unless you trade somebody. Or you could be going in and be like, okay, I really want a running back. Well, then you kind of, for my rankings, I kind of got to mess up, but I like eight. So Tyree Kill at eight, and then you're coming in the second round, and you're thinking, all right, do I want Josh Jacobs? But then I got to simulate if Josh Jacobs is not there, who do I take instead? Like you can, you can go... This is why I like eight, because you go in knowing you're getting one of these good guys. And what I'm trying to say, I think, is what I'm trying to say is look at the ESPN rankings and look at where your picks are ahead of the draft and look at those 34 guys and be like, okay, I'm getting three of these 34 guys. I know I'm getting three of these guys. So right here at eight, I know who I'm getting. You got to know you know who you're getting, but you got to simulate getting a tight end, getting a running back, getting a wide receiver. You have to simulate getting these other guys because as you get into the later rounds as in six or seven and eight do i want a quarterback do i want to take a quarterback early and am i am i in a good spot to take a quarterback early am i going to get an elite quarterback early so that's how you got to be like here Bijan went six and how my rankings fell with kelsey going to seven i'm taking tyree kill at eight so i know i got a wide receiver and then i know my next pick is pick 17 well i know i can get one of these next 17 guys, I can get Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Among Us St. Brown, A.J. Brown, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Garrett Wilson, or Tony Pollard. I know I'm getting one of those guys, and I feel comfortable with those guys. But let's say you're taking two. You get pick two and pick 23. At two, obviously, I'm taking Jamar Chase, but that's just how it is. And then ETN. I'm going to say into my rankings, I don't think ETN's really that good this year. But when you're mock drafting, you got to simulate – all right, Brees Hall's, I know, like, okay, if I'm sitting in the draft room, this is how, how to mock draft and how to draft. If I'm sitting in the draft room, I know I'm getting a player after 22. Do I want a player? And that's the thing, why you mock draft? Because if you want Brees Hall and the, he's a 22nd ranked player, you want anybody ahead of him in the rankings, you got to be like, okay, Casey Comfort, I want to trade my second overall pick with your third, or third overall pick because how I'm drafting makes more sense for me. When you're trading with guys and they ask you, why do you want to trade with them? Why do you want to trade your pick with them? It's because it works better if I draft that way. Like right here, 18th overall player, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb won in the first round. So you just got to simulate that. Like anything's going to happen. Like if you're sitting in a beginner PPR mock and you see Nick Chubb go that early, you just got to say that might happen in my draft because Chase Stewart, uh, all right, hold up, second round pick. Um, I'm on R.A. St. Brown. 
Uh, I'm taking. So I have two wide receivers, right? So I got to simulate that here. But Chase Stewart camp come up, comes up to me. And he's like, I'm making a big move in the first round. Middle of July. Don't even know what pick he is, but he said he's making a big move. So you got to expect that. Like, I know Beck Jenkins an Ohio State fan, and he loves Garrett Wilson. So what if he takes Garrett Wilson? That's also when you're drafting. Is you got to simulate the room. Who is picking where? I know. Last year, Eddie had Patrick Mahomes, and I know Eddie really likes quarterbacks, and he likes to go by ESPN rankings and who scores the most points, so I know he most likely will take Patrick Mahomes. But when you're getting in these third and fourth rounds, you can't look at your board and be like, all right, I know I'm taking Joe Mixon here in the third. Well, what if you just went Bijan and Pollard in the first and the second? What if you just went Kelsey and Amonari St. Brown, and now you want to go all in on the no PPR strat. Like, you got to simulate stuff. And again, like I said earlier in the intro, there's all these different strategies you can use. Personally, uh, I think no PPR might be the move this year. I don't know. But again, that's how you wait for these drafts because you wait and see how it falls. Like, right here, I'm picking on the clock in the next four picks. Like, when you're mock drafting and when you're drafting, you got to simulate, all right, in the next four picks, there's five guys T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Joe Mixon, Ramondre Stevenson, and Jameer Gibbs. Or Olave. Like those are I'm taking one of those guys. I know that. So when I'm picking, I'm not too messed up. But then let's say I go all in on the no PPR strategy and I take well, let's see who follows me here. But if I take T. Higgins, I gotta switch and be like, okay, no more wide receivers until the ninth or tenth round. Because if I hit on one of those guys, I can trade one of my studs and potentially get a better running back. But if I don't, then I'm just gotta work with what I got, right? But if you go no PPR, you're fine in the flex, you're fine in the wide receiver, and then you just got to work on tight end and running back. And again, I'm not too worried on quarterback. So right here at pick 32, I know who I got. Out of Najee, Ramondre Stevens, and Devontae Smith, and Jameer Gibbs, I take T. Higgins. So now I'm all in on the no PPR strategy. So now I got to simulate, all right, cool, no PPR. Let's see how I like it. You know, if you get your pick, though, like before you're doing the one through twelve, I recommend filling out the quarterback through flex before you like stop the mock draft. But when you're actually receive your spot, I would do about two or three full mock drafts of okay, do I like this pick? Do I want to stay here? Do I want to take Joe Burrow in the fourth? All this stuff has got to be simulated, and you got to be like, all right, last year. I know my boy Beck's a Browns fan. I'm kind of calling out Beck. But I know he's a Browns fan. What if he wants to take Amari Cooper there? Or I know that so-and-so is a Niners fan. Is he going to take Debo? Or I know Casey Cumberford is a Jets fan. Is he going to take Aaron Rodgers? Or I know Chase Stewart had Keenan Allen last year, and I want Keenan Allen. How he played did not simulate well for him. Or I know Rush Williams is a Buccaneers fan, but in my mind, Rush Williams does not like the Buccaneers their team right now so I know he's going to stay away from Godwin or I know Box a huge Kyle Pitts fan but is Kyle did was he scared of Kyle Pitts because he watches the team a lot and sees how his volume is so you got to think how your other teammates are going to think like right here all right I'm not picking for much like now I'm, the running backs I got to take is Rashad White is my RB1 like I can't take like if I like Christian Watson I can't take him now because I already went all in on the running back strategy or the no PPR strategy so you guys simulate that, and it's kind of corny to say go get reps, but it's just the reality of it. You just got to simulate, be smart, think about it, and not overstress. Like if I get, I got, this looks like a bad team. I'm going to be straight up. Like you don't want a risky team. Like you want, I think last year I went Kelsey, Eckler, 
T. Higgins, and then I went ETN, and I went Godwin. And I felt good about my first three picks, but my fourth and fifth pick, ETN ended up being solid at the end of the year. And who's my – oh, Godwin was kind of on and off with Brady. So that's another thing to consider. Like, did this guy want to trade him, or did this guy want to do that? When you're mock drafting, let's say I'm picking – picking six and I want Bijan but then I know like Luke Harpinger with Ramsey knows I want Bijan and they make a move to not take Bijan so that's another thing you got to simulate you also got to know your league if it's your first time like ever doing fantasy and you're listening I mean thank you but just go through all the scenarios do a little research and again I probably told you a ton of stuff in the intro but just be smart just take it on what you're doing don't overreact, but when before the draft starts, just go through, like, just write down what you think is going to happen. I did that last year. It wasn't accurate, but it was pretty close. Just go through what you think is going to happen, and if you want, I can make you a sheet on how your team should look from my perspective, picking from that spot. But again, you got to take advantage of the ESPN rankings and got to take advantage of what you do. But thank you for listening to the mock draft segment. Uh, how to mock draft. Next should be the mock draft segment. Uh, with a couple of people, but we got to get a mock draft out. So we will see you next time. Thank you. All right, so now I'm going to tell you how to draft. And drafting is probably the easiest or hardest thing just on how you make it. Like, obviously, you got to do mock drafts. And like I said earlier, I already taught you how to do a mock draft. But I'm sliding a mock draft. I'm at the 102. And how I'm going to take about this mock draft is I know – if I'm at the second overall pick, I'm either knowing I'm getting Jefferson or CMC. Let's just let's just do that. A, wide, a running back and a wide receiver, and that just makes it easy on you because the first round is less stressful. Um, like right now, if I'm picking at like the ten spot, I'm, or let's let's say the five, I'm getting either Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, CMC, Eckler, or Kelsey. Like let's just do those guys. So. You plan on going in and picking one of those five. And then maybe you really want a receiver or you really want a running back. So you're aiming to get either CMC or Eckler or you're aiming to get wide receiver. So you're either getting Jefferson, Chase, or Cup. Or you want a tight end just because he's positional value. So you're getting Kelsey. Well, the thing is you can't bank on Kelsey, but you can bank on getting a wide receiver or running back. So I'm hopping in a mock. Hopefully this mock goes reasonably fast. But I'm picking out the 102. And I know I'm taking CMC because I know the guy ahead of me is going to take Justin Jefferson. So now i got to pivot, and I'm going to be like, okay, I'm looking in the second round, and where is pick 20? I know I have pick 23, so I'm going to look, and the guys who are around pick 23 is ETN, Brees Hall, and Pollard. So I know either in the second round I'm either getting a running back or I'm getting an elite quarterback in Mahomes, Allen, or Hurts, or I can take one of those three wide receivers in DK T. Higgins or Devontae Smith. Or if I don't like Etienne or Brees Hall, I can take Joe Mixon or Ramondre Stevenson. And in the two spot, you're kind of reaching in the second round, but if you really want an elite quarterback, uh, I definitely recommend taking that because uh, that's the only spot you're going to get him. By the time they come around in the 4 or 5 turn, you're not going to get him. So we'll wait and see how this loads. But then I know I'm getting 23. And then so let's say I really like T. Higgins. Like, I really want T. Higgins here, but I'd rather take, I'd rather get my quarterback and get Mahomes, Allen, or Hurts. Well, do you either bank on 
T. Higgins being there after the 101, or do you like the guy at the 101? You got to be strategic. Like you got to think so. You got to think about everything. Like once I get this team filled out, if I want to take a quarterback late, I don't want to take a, like a running back. So if I take say like if I take oh, let's see, if I take Eckler, I know I'm not taking Justin Herbert because I don't really like to stack running backs and quarterbacks. But if there's any team I would stack a quarterback and a running back. It would be Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert. So let's do. Let's just take Austin Eckler because I think that's a great scenario. So then now I'm waiting. You know I'm gonna let this mock draft go through. It's gonna take its time. Um, but I know I have a running back filled out. So I know later I can take like a wide receiver, maybe like Drake London or Marquise Brown, like someone as my flex. So I know I got one running back filled out, which makes me feel good about myself. But I also got to think, like, what would my league mates do? Like, I'm thinking, let's say Eddie D. St. Almond. No, no, I don't like it. Let's do, uh, let's say, let's say Luke Harpering's at the 101. And Harpering is a guy who likes to do name players. Like, let's say Harp really wants a quarterback because every year he's gotten screwed at the quarterback. Or, like, I know Whit Ramsey. Whit Ramsey and I got screwed last year at the quarterback because we waited late. Um, so let's say Whit Ramsey, he really wants a quarterback. Well, he, I got to think, last year, who did Whit Ramsey have at quarterback? Oh, yeah, Justin Fields. Who was excellent? Justin Fields. So I know in the second and third round it doesn't make sense, but what I'm trying to say is guys tend to get players <coughs> who they really like or had last year. So let's say last year Walker Richens is a fake Bills fan, and he wants Josh Allen, and he's picking out the 101, and he really likes – he really likes Josh Allen, and he want, he always takes a quarterback early. So if I want Josh Allen, i got to take him ahead of him, be smart. But what I'm basically trying to say is know what your league mates are going to do. Know who they picked last year. Know kind of their strategy. Like I, I think I've called out Beck Jenke multiple times. Beck Jenke is an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. So if he's an Ohio State Buckeyes fan, he might be reaching on Garrett Wilson or Olave or Fields, but I don't think he likes Fields that he would take him. But now I'm just chilling. I'm going to let this mock go all the way through. And then I'm going to get it done. Also, I don't like picking guys from the same team. I think a good example that's happened a lot is either like a Joe Mixon or a T. Higgins or a Austin Eckler and a Keenan Allen or a Mari Cooper and Nick Chubb. Like that, that's – I don't really like that. The only stack I like is the Lamar or like the Lamar – or just like any quarterback and their receiver. So I'm just going to let this wait. Uh, I'll talk about, I think, what? This is two, yeah. So, you know, I'm just waiting, kind of just, like, at the two spot, the nice thing about the two is you if you like four guys, you know you're getting two of those four. Like, right now I'm picking at seven, and if I'm at seven, it's like, okay, I really like Tony Pollard, but I don't think he's going to be there on the next round. But I also really like Jalen Waddle. So if I want to take one of those guys – I just got to choose over what I want, but then I got to realize, I'm like, oh, I have Austin Eckler, and what if Alexander Madison or James Conner falls to me later, and I really want to pick them, but I already have two running backs, and I don't like three running backs in my flex. Like, you got to think ahead of the draft, but in the first round, first two rounds, you just pick for what's there. Like, you just take value. It doesn't matter what position they are. First two rounds, and that round three, you kind of think, like, oh, I have two running backs, or I have two receivers. I got to kind of be smart here because if I take another receiver, I got to pivot a running back, quarterback, and tight end. So at the 102, I already took Austin Eckler. 
right now I know one of these three guys, one of these two guys is following me, either Jalen Waddle or Travis Etienne. And the guy in front of me took Josh Allen, so I'll take Jalen Waddle. It's pretty easy. So now I go, I know I got Austin Eckler, Jalen Waddle. Well, now I can pivot in the later rounds and know that I'm going to take Tua because I would love to stack a high or an explosive Jalen Waddle with a quarterback in Tua. But right there, Mahomes and Allen already went off the board. So now I, if I wanted to take an elite quarterback there, I'd have to take Jalen Hurts, but I'd rather take Jalen Waddle because I can get a quarterback later. But if I want an elite quarterback, I got lucky that the guy in front of me who took Etienne and T. Higgins is now even Jalen Hurts for me. Am I going to take Hurts for the sake of the video? No, I'll take a... I'll take Joe Mixon, because that way, if I don't like any of these running backs later, I'm taking Mixon. Um, but the thing with Mixon is, now I, I'm not taking Joe Burrow, because Joe Burrow might be there at the 4-5 or five term, but I don't want to take Joe Burrow, uh, just because the fact I already had the Bengals running back, and why I do that is because if the Bengals offense gets does really bad that day, and struggles, and they only score up 10 points, and the rushing touchdowns from the backup running back, well, I basically lose my fantasy week because I'm banking on the Bengals every week. So I'll respectfully pass right there on taking Joe Burrow and take another quarterback. Because the thing with fantasy is when you're in fantasy, you want – you it, it's unrealistic, but the best-case scenario is every single player on your team scores that team's touchdown. So I really don't like to pick – guys from the same team but I only like to pick them if it's a quarterback and a wide receiver but again if they like I said if they don't do well then you're kind of banking on nothing right so we will just sit here and wait so now I know I got two running backs and a receiver and I really don't think in the four or five turn I want to take another running back just because I'd rather fill out other positions. And that way, if like I take Jahan Dotson in the later rounds and he ends up being really good, I can put him in my flex. Or if I take like Deontay Foreman and he does really well in the later rounds, well, I already have two running backs, so I have to stick him in my flex. And if I already have another running back I pick in like, let's say, Damian Pierce falls, well, then I can't fill him in my flex. I got to trade him. It's a pain in the butt to trade. And you're not really working with much what you like right there. Now I'm going to change, like, the thing is when you pick, like, you can't expect any of these guys to really fall to you. Like, when you're picking, like, seven or, like, okay, I traded I traded 10 for seven, and I feels like at two, they're not really reaching. Like, you get a pick of the group you guys you want, but, like, at two, I just don't know who's going to fall to me. Like, at seven, I can kind of play, like, the waiting game and hope somebody falls, but at two, I'm kind of just... Just letting other people draft. And, like, it's kind of nice. Like, if you're, like, in the middle, like, five through eight, like, you're really playing a lot because you have to be locked. And when you're at two, like I had two last year. I made my two picks, and then I waited a ton. But the thing is, all the talent falls off the board so fast. Like, I'll look what happens. Like, I picked, picked Joe Mixon, and then, like, really good guys go off the board. Mondre Stevenson, DK, Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, Brees Hall, Mari Cooper, Mark Andrews, Jameer Gibbs. Like, all these good guys are falling off the board. 
and I'm kind of just waiting and chilling. Um, I think the thing also is when you're drafting, you want to like take a high upset flex. Like, you want to. Rec- I like receivers at flex. If you like running backs, just because of bye weeks, I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. I really don't like plotting bye weeks because there's only like one or two weeks, and you can always like some guys always gonna hit on your bench. So I just don't like waiting that long. I don't like playing the waiting game that much. Just the way I play the game. So, all right, I'll stop talking. All right. So I'm 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 about I'm up in four picks, and I'm seeing five guys I like. I already have two running backs, so I'm gonna stay away from running backs. So let's say I'm either going, I'm not going Joe Burrow. I'm hoping Joe Burrow gets picked before me, just because I don't want to stack a quarterback and a running back. And also Joe Burrow's a little banged up, but Joe Burrow's off the board. So I know here I'm either taking Lamar or Christian Watson because I'm up next. And, you know, Christian Watson fell to me, and I let the guy before me pick, so I'll take Christian Watson. Now all I need left is a tight end and a flex. So put waiting game. Two picks. And the thing with the two picks is now I know I can pick three guys out. I can pick either. Um, let's go Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, or uh, DJ Moore. Those are the first three guys here. And then you just play the waiting game. Like, there's a lot of receivers. Like, in this 4-5 turn I'm sitting at, there's a lot of receivers that are just left here just sitting, just waiting for it to get picked. So then here, you know, Lamar fell to me, and you know what? If I'm not picking tight ends, then I could go that. I could go him or Fields, or I could fill out my flex. And I think the best situation here is filling out your flex. If I want to pick a tight end here, I don't – I mean, I guess I could take Kittle in the fifth. That is a little early, but it is filling that tight end void. Um, but I'll take I'll take Terry McLaurin here and fill out my flex, and then my team is set. And then later I'll pick a quarterback and a tight end next two picks. So that's how it goes. So when you're drafting, just be smart. Think of everything. Use the full minute 30, but again, before the draft, do a couple mocks. Mock every team out. Know what you're doing. Um, and we're moving on to the next part, which is the rankings. All right. So welcome to the whole season rankings and predictions segment. And I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this segment, all you care about is your team. But like always, we're going to go through all 32 teams alphabetically starting with where they are from. So we'll start off with Arizona Cardinals and, like always, move down to the newly owned Washington Commanders. As the time the time that I am recording this, well, I'm going to start because this is going to be take a while, 2.13 p.m. July 21st. I was debating, like, waiting until Dalvin Cook signs, just I think he's probably the biggest mark name left on the market. But I figured if it's July 21st and I just saw something, I don't know if it's true, not going to get into that, but I saw something like, you know, he's trying to pay off his ex-girlfriend for beating her up or something. I'm not going to get into that because uh, it's fantasy and NFL, but I'm going to go through all these teams' predictions. I will post probably what time each team is. Take me a while. It's going to take me a while, but I'll try. Um, so what I did is I got this magazine. Like, you know, I always get a fantasy magazine, and I went through the back of the page. It shows me the 2023 schedule key arrivals, key departures, and the offensive coordinator and the head coach. Um, I have a 
Um, nine head coaches get fired this year. Might not be right. Might be a little bit aggressive, but I think this is truly what happens. You know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll take that, but this is what I truly believe will happen. And is there some bias? Maybe, but I can give you a reason. Um, I'm definitely going to do, like, I'll talk about the Falcons, but I'm definitely going to do a Falcons season preview. Uh, that will come later later in the August. But I think that when I'm going to post this is August 1st. But again, July 21st. So if anything major happens, which I don't think anything will, um, again, bearing no injuries, this is what I think happens. But like always, let's get into it. The Arizona Cardinals got their newly hired Jonathan Gannon, first season head coach, as he came over from the Philadelphia Eagles, completely wiped out the whole coaching staff. Kyler Murray has a torn ACL, uh, not much, and DeAndre Hopkins gets cut and not even traded, and he gets a new contract in Tennessee. I have the Arizona Cardinals going 4-13, and and yes, this took me forever to do. I went through every team, so if I... If the Cardinals take a W at Washington in week one, I go to Washington on the back and I put an L. So all these games are perfectly graded. Washington, I have I have the Cardinals being Washington, Houston, LA Rams, and Seattle. Atlanta Falcons, I have at actually I think oh I think Jonathan Gannon is the one of the first coaches that gets fired. I don't think he's that good. I think they realized they should have kept Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I think Kingsbury I think got a job. I don't know where. But I think Kingsbury is good. From a fantasy standpoint, I think James Conner will definitely get a ton of work. But again, with a new head coach, you don't really know. Uh, Drew Petzing, this is probably where I should have done uh, more research. But Drew Petzing, let's see. It looks like he came over. It looks like he got moved up to the offensive coordinator position. Uh, let me look. No, he was the Cleveland Browns quarterback coach, and then he somehow ended up getting the Arizona Cardinals offensive coordinator job. Uh, so Cleveland Browns quarterback, first time ever being an offensive coordinator. Maybe he does does well, but if he is in Cleveland, I have to believe he wants to run the ball. So, and he's going to use James Conner. So that's what I think happens if you come from Cleveland. The Atlanta Falcons I have going 11 and six. A lot of key arrivals, a lot of key departures. Uh, for the Falcons, I have them taking W's against Carolina, Green Bay, Houston, Washington, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, Arizona, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Indianapolis, and Chicago. Um, yes, I don't think this is really biased. I think the Falcons' schedule is really easy. And the fact this team last year, who was so stricken on cap space, managed to get seven wins and honestly upgraded at quarterback. Offense looks a lot better. Everybody's healthy. Pitts should be playing by now. This team's going to look really nice. A lot of offensive weapons. The offensive line is graded top 10 probably every single article you read on any sports website. So the offensive line looks great. And they did actually add guys on the defensive side of the ball. Anyamata. Johnu Smith got added, but he's offense. Uh, Jesse Bates. Mike Hughes. Jeff Okuda. Caden Ellis. Bud Dupree. So they added guys. Clayus Campbell. They added all these guys. So this team got better. Uh... Oh, my God. What was the defensive coordinator's name? Dean Pease. Dean Pease left. Eddie Goldman came back. So this team had some key upgrades. Their schedule is probably one of the easiest in the league. But if that means their schedule is the easiest in the league, then you know that the other NFC South teams have some easy. But someone's got to win the division. I think it's the Falcons' favorite at right now. I think it's plus 215. 
and the New Orleans Saints are plus 120, so they're the favorites, but we'll see who wins it, and I think you know it's not going to be the Saints. Baltimore Ravens, I have them going 8-9, and nine, and this is probably the first team which people look at it and they think it's kind of controversial. Third in the NFC North, they brought in a new offensive coordinator from Georgia, so I don't really like the Georgia to Baltimore transition. Yeah, sure, you can. all you Georgia fans can say, oh, well, he was really good at Georgia. Yeah, I hope you're good in college if you're in the – SEC best program in the country. They won it back to back years. Yeah, I hope you hope you have a good offensive coordinator in college. But Lamar Jackson's contract situation last year was such a media bug. Like I think from the end of the Super Bowl to when the draft was, which I think is when he got his contract, all I saw like it would just be free agency, and I'm on NFL Network trying to watch and see who signs where, and I'm just seeing Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers news for about two months. That's all I hear about. What's his contract going to look like? How is he going to be? Is he going to sign somewhere? Is he going to get traded to the Falcons? Which team is going to give him a massive contract and two first-round picks? That is all I heard for about two months looking at everything. Where is he going to go? He wants to play there. He's not happy. He doesn't have an agent. He's too stupid to do something. Like, come on. Like, it was just going on and on and on forever. Um, eight and nine though. I mean, key key win. The problem is I have them losing every single divisional game on the road. I just think a lot of teams struggle in Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati is definitely a better football team than Baltimore. So I have them losing all those three at the road division games because the NFC AFC North is very tough. Um, again, I did all the tiebreakers and all that stuff, but their eight wins I got. They have Houston, Indianapolis, Arizona, Seattle, Cleveland, LA Chargers, Jacksonville, and Miami. I will say I always give other teams some wins and some losses like some like the la rams in week 14 i have baltimore losing i mean who knows but i think teams have to end up losing games like not everybody can win all these games and the bad teams have to win games like cardinals at 4 13 might be generous but that's just how i think like no team is ever gonna go 0 17 even the thing i think it's easier to go 0 17 than it is to go 17 and 0 but i don't think that's ever going to happen now there's too many games and these are professional athletes they're not going to lose a game Buffalo Bills, I have going 9-8, and eight, and they are the second team where I have their coach getting fired. They didn't add much in free agency. I know they had a Taylor Rapp at safety, but offensive side of the ball, they didn't get much better. Um, I don't think there's a problem there with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, but it's just this team has to take a step back, and I think their ceiling at this point is the AFC Championship game at the max. Like they're making the divisional every year. They're not better than the Bengals. They're not better than the Chiefs. They're not better than the Jets. I don't think this team, I think they might have them sneaking into the playoffs. I don't think they do, but they're going 9-8. and eight. I don't remember what I have in the playoffs, but key wins, Jets, or well, only wins, Jets, Vegas, Washington, Jacksonville, New York Giants, Tampa Bay, Denver, Dallas, and New England. I have them losing one at New England. Um, I think one, let's see if I have a loss that's a little kind of outrageous hadn't yeah losing at new england um losing kansas city losing to cincinnati losing the jets losing to philly losing to miami so they lose all these close games they might sneak out one but man you never know i don't think they got better i think their division's too good for how buffalo is uh they did average a ton of points and josh allen is incredible but salary cap's killing them if von miller stays healthy i mean maybe they can try and do what they do best but just don't see this team being that good like I really don't like I just think the primes over salary caps gonna start hitting them and 
it's just at a point where are they ever going to win? Like they just haven't won. So that's what I got. But you like it, you don't. Nine and eight is what I have for the Bills. Panthers, I have going eight and nine. Very, I think it's very generous. Um, I think this seems being very overrated in the fact that you can just plug in a rookie quarterback and expect them to do amazing at the start is kind of ridiculous. You know, maybe because you're in a tougher division and they think they can win it. But eight and nine uh, wins against New Orleans, Houston, Indy, Chicago, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and Tampa. It's just the way it's going to go. Third in the South. Not that good. Just not that good. Like, everybody's so hyped. Oh, they, they got better. Where did this team get better? Where did this team upgrade? You trade two first-round picks in the middle of a rebuild? Yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Um, eight and nine, missed the playoffs. Maybe maybe next year. Um, I think they get smoked in the Benz opening. Day. I don't think Bryce Young is that elite to go out and make the playoffs in his first year. And if he does, he should because he's a first-round pick. But you don't have to trade two first-round picks in the rebuild. Eight and nine, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, the only player I'm really putting in my lineup is Miles Sanders. Nothing else entices me or intrigues me and makes me say, oh, man, got to put a Panthers player in. Like, I got to have a guy. This offense is so good. Um, new head coach, Frank Wright, 41-33-1 overall as the, I think it was the Indianapolis head coach. I don't think he's that great. Everybody thinks he's that great. I mean, this guy failed with Wentz, Matt Ryan, did well with Philip Rivers. I'll give him that. Um, I think he was there when Andrew Luck left and then brought in Jacoby Bursett as a f- basically wasting the whole season. Um, so this guy never really went out and picked a quarterback. That's the first move Frank Wright did. It's just not going to It's not going to do anything. Like it's I just I'm just going to stop saying words and move on to Chicago. Chicago is a team which for some reason gets so much extra media coverage. Like, you're just, I'm watching ESPN, and I've had more time recently to watch ESPN. And the fact that they said the other day they had four experts up there saying Justin Fields is going to throw for 4,000 yards and rush for 1,000 yards. Looking back at this 2021 draft, when Justin Fields was picked, the Chicago Bears just got rid of Mitch Trubisky and traded two first-round picks to move up from 20 to 11 to select Justin Fields. And they didn't give any reason. Like, sure, they brought in DJ Moore. Sure, they added a right tackle in the draft. But for some reason, every single person over at ESPN and all these sports pages think Justin Fields is the next best thing. Sure, it's a right step in a rebuild, but if you want to see how you should pick a quarterback, when you should trade your two first-round picks to get a quarterback, perfect example, the Chiefs trading up for Patrick Mahomes. Not even the fact that they got Patrick Mahomes, it's the fact that the Chiefs traded up after they made the playoffs, and they could take a risk, and they could let Alex Smith play one more year, and then they could get something out of him and give him to Washington. They added a rookie right tackle. A rookie right tackle. Yes, sure, this guy's an SEC guy. He's going to play right tackle, which doesn't make any sense to me. I would rather have a better left tackle than a right tackle. But he's going to play right tackle off the bat. And the only reason I can give this guy 
good credit is because he's coming from a major SEC school in Tennessee. But I don't see why people think this Bears team is going to realistically have a shot to win the NFC North. So I got him going 5-12. and 12. Green Bay, L. Tampa Bay, L. Kansas City, Dell. Denver, L. Uh, I have them being Washington, Minnesota, Vegas, Detroit, and Arizona. Like, it's just everybody's in love with this team. And everyone's in love with Ryan Pace because he made a good trade for the first pick. Guys, it is not that hard to trade out of the first pick. It's not that hard. You're going to get tremendous value no matter what. So you get two first-round picks and a good player. That's what you should get. That's what you should get if you're moving down eight spots in the draft. And then moving down to ten in the draft. And then he picked an offensive lineman. Everybody thought he was God's gift to the world. Trading for Chase Claypool was probably one of the worst trades in a while. That was like the Patriots trading for Muhammad Sanu back a couple years ago. Doesn't make any sense. And Justin Fields, when he starts getting good, the problem is the window is already closing. Because once Fields' rookie year is up, you really want to pay this guy $40, $50 million. This guy's not better than Lamar Jackson. This guy's not better than Jalen Hurts. But they're going to pay him because they're in love with him. And for some reason, all the guys over at ESPN are saying, hey, he had a good college career. Yeah, I hope, sure hope he had a good college career playing at Ohio State, one of the best college football programs in the past five to ten years. Yeah, I hope he played well. Hope he played well when all his most of his receivers are first round picks. Like, guys, Justin Fields is not good, and you got everybody sitting up there. Oh my God, he's wonderful. Oh my God, he's great. Oh my God, he ran for a thousand yards last year. Getting way too much media coverage. Way too much media coverage for a team that finished first overall last year, or not first overall, the worst team in football, and got the first overall pick. I mean, oh my God, they're everybody's in love with this team, and. DJ Moore is a deep ball receiver, but when did Justin Fields have a good deep ball? Like, does anybody, anybody want to sit here and say, oh my God, he had a great deep ball? No, no, please, no. I'm just, uh, I can't, I can't, can't do this anymore. So we're moving on to the Bengals. Just know Bears are going 5-12. and 12. I already told you 5-12. and 12. Uh, I mean, this just team's just not that good. Like, the Bears aren't good. The stop falling for Justin Fields is a great fantasy quarterback. Like, don't get me wrong. I think he's my top five, top six fantasy quarterback. Absolutely going to be awesome. He's going to be a great player for fantasy. For the Chicago Bears, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Cincinnati Bengals, I have them going 12-5. and five. Um, A couple key wins, key losses. I look at L at Cleveland on the road the first game. Um, L... At Jacksonville, L at Tennessee, L at San Fran, and L at uh, there's got to be an L for Pittsburgh. They got to. I think they had them losing to Pittsburgh once. Now I had them winning. One. Oh, I think I messed up. One. Oh, 13 and 4. Excuse me. Yeah, I messed that up. Yeah, I got the Bengals finishing 13 and 4. And it's it's not a surprise. Like, you sit here and you look, it's a really good team, first in the north. Like, yeah, they got Joe Burrow. The problem is, I don't know if they extend D. Higgins. I don't know why they wouldn't. Their owner, I think I think their owner name is Bruce Brown. He's not known for going out and paying. Mike Brown, excuse me. He's not known for going out and paying guys. I mean, you're going to have to pay Joe Burrow. I mean, who wouldn't pay Joe, Joe Burrow? He's one of the best quarterbacks 
in the game. I think he's the second best quarterback in the game. Uh, they got a ton of cap space next year, so I think they should pay T. Higgins. But it also comes down to the fact that you're going to have to pay T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and then that's three players on offense. And man, there's a ton of guys who play on the field. So uh, we're not talking about future. 13 to four this season, so pretty good. I got the Browns finishing eight and nine in the division. They added a new defensive coordinator, which I liked. Excuse me, but I don't know his name. A um, couple key wins and losses. W at Cincinnati, L at Indianapolis, L at Denver, L at the Rams, L at Houston. So that's a lot of like, games they could win. I just don't think Deshaun Watson wins in Houston. I think there's a lot more fire in that Houston team now. Um, but 8-9, and nine, the problem with this team is they're really good on paper, but I just don't think Stefanski is that good of a coach. And I got a Stefanski getting fired. I think that's the third coach I have getting fired. I don't think if I mentioned if I thought the Bills coach would get fired. But that's the third coach I had getting fired. And the Browns are good on paper. Their division's too good. I think the Steelers are a better coach team. And the NFL, when it comes down to two teams with really good rosters, it goes to the team with better coaching. So I'm going to take take Cleveland going 8-9. and nine. The problem is they're stuck with Deshaun Watson for so much longer. This take could either go really well or really bad just with the fact that when Deshaun Watson, if he somehow gets back to his Houston prime, Houston, he was absolutely incredible, an absolute excellent player there. So if he does, and then and they make the playoffs, you know what, I'm wrong, but I think 8-9 is realistic. But they are a really well team and a really well fantasy team, uh, that's for sure. Dallas Cowboys, I got them going 11-6, and six, and I actually have them first in the East, but I have their coach getting fired. It's just Dallas gets so much media coverage, and I could fall for this. Could call for the media trap, but... Again, like I was saying earlier, I was watching ESPN. All they talk about is Rodgers, the Bears, and the Cowboys. All they talk about. The Cowboys are really good, and they got better this offseason. The only thing they did is they switched their offensive coordinator to Brian Schottenmeiner. Excuse me if I said that wrong. But Mike McCarthy's calling plays. Last time he called plays, he got fired. I think they should have kept Kellen Moore. The problem with Kellen Moore, and I was listening to this, Kellen Moore's offense does not slack off when they're up a ton. So that's why Dak threw all those interceptions. And yeah, some are on him, some are on his guys, but they were not running the ball a ton when their run game is effective. As of right now, Zach Martin's looking to hold out of camp. Do I think he holds out? No. I think they get that settled. Jerry Jones tends to fall to players and their agents. Um, again, 11-6. and six. Key losses at Jets, New England, Philly, Buffalo, Detroit, and Washington. So that's just the way it goes. I think Tony Pollard finishes as the RB1. That's my hot take. A little early hot take, but that's what my hot take is this year. I think Dak Prescott throws under 13.5 interceptions. I think that's what his line said as Vegas. And I just do think he throws under 10 interceptions. He said that quote the other day. A lot of people were clowning him for it. But... I don't get the hate. I really don't get the hate. I think Pollard is probably one of the safest guys in fantasy right now due to the fact he's actually going to play on the franchise tag because he's not a, he's a running back and he's looking out there and he's like, all right, man, I wasn't expecting to get $10 million guaranteed for one year after this year, even though I knew I was in a contract year. So I'm going to take this. I'm going to be respectable. Next year, I'm going to ball out. And when I ball out, I'm either going to get the tag again, which is basically $22 million guaranteed over two years, or I'm going to get a nice contract somewhere elsewhere. Or Jerry Jones might fall in and give me another running back contract. But I think what the Cowboys did is they told Tony Pollard, hey, we kind of just fell into this. Or not, they probably didn't tell him this, but you know, they're probably like thinking, 
we just fell in this trap of Ezekiel Elliott and we paid him and now we're looking at it and we got to take some dead capits for the next few years and it really didn't work out. So the one-year deal makes sense. Again, listen to Bach Talk 2 and what I said about the running back market, but this team is good. CeeDee Lamb is really good, really good offense. I don't think their offense is going to change because McCarthy calls plays, but I think this team is really good and Maybe they might win the Super Bowl. I don't know. They added Gilmore. Really good cornerbacks. Good second receiver. Good second and third receiver. Good running back. Good offensive line. Elite pass rusher. That sounds like recipe to success for me, but I will never know. Denver Broncos, I got going 6-11. and 11. Yeah, they won five games last year. They didn't have their first-round pick. But the thing is, when you look at other teams' offenses, what can they rely on? What can this team rely on to help get them better? Going 6-11. and 11. I have them starting off hot, like they always do, going 3-1 with an L at Miami. But their schedule's tough. I think their schedule's really tough. I mean, I'll just point out some opponents. They beat the easy guys. But Miami, New York Jets, Kansas City twice. Green Bay, I think, is honestly hard. Minnesota, I think, is going to do really well this year. This eight, all this stuff is before the quarterback before quarterback that thing that show came out so don't say oh my god you love Kirk Cousins yeah I love Kirk Cousins but this was before L at Minnesota W at Cleveland L at Houston L at Detroit L against New England and L against the Chargers it's just it's tough I don't think their fan base is that good I just think the Russell Wilson trade is probably gonna be one of the worst trades definitely worse than the Chase Claypool trade but 6-11 and 11 makes sense realistic number for me they did boost the O-line though I'll give them that but I think my hot take with this team is Stidham starts over Russ at some point in the season. Because I got them going 3-1 to start off. And then six straight losses. And they put in Stidham against Cleveland. And he balls out there. Actually, I'm going to do a hot take for each team. I'm going to go back to all the teams I did and do hot takes. I think that's kind of fun. Cardinals, I think the hot takes the coach gets fired. I think the hot take, Kyler Murray gets traded. Falcons, uh, Bijan gets offensive rookie of the year. I don't think that's hot, but I'm just going to say that. Ravens, I think just a hot take. They missed their playoffs. Bills, I think it's a hot take. Their coach gets fired. Carolina Panthers, uh, I think Adam Thielen scores eight plus touchdowns. Bears. I think Khalil Herbert has a breakout year. Bengals. I think. I think they make the Super Bowl. Don't know if that's hot, but I'll take it. Cleveland Browns. Uh, their coach gets fired. So yeah, not too hot. Uh, and the Cowboys. Dak Prescott throws under ten interceptions. I think that's true. Detroit Lions. I have them going eleven and six. Taking an L at Kansas City on Thursday. And when we get into our week one preview, which will come out sometime after Labor Day, Chiefs never lose an opening night. They're already planning for the Lions and they already know what to expect. And the Lions defense didn't get much better. I was and I was just an ESPN. And there is this guy. I don't know what he's called. I'm still mad they did the layoffs, but he said the Lions had the best draft out of any team in the NFL. The best draft out of any team in the NFL. I forget what I said on the draft review, 
but I know I did not say the Detroit Lions won the draft. I think I said the Steelers. I think I said the Steelers. But yeah, that 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 doesn't sit right with me. Eleven and six, key losses, Kansas City, Tampa, LA Chargers, Green Bay, Minnesota, and Minnesota. Um, so that kind of pushes them off. Spoiler, it pushes them off the NFC North race. But this seems really well offensively. I think they have still a lot of defensive troubles that they haven't answered. I think the Jameer Gibbs pick, like most people said, is still very high. But I think they're going to use them. If I didn't talk about Gibbs and Montgomery earlier, uh, Gibbs is going to get 100-plus carries and 70-plus receptions. Uh, my hot take is he finishes in the top 10 amongst fantasy football running backs. But the thing is when you look at Gibbs and what this team does, you pick a guy 12th overall, you're not going to not use him. Like even if it's Jalen Carter or Devon Witherspoon, like you're going to pick this guy and you're going to play him. They traded out of six for a reason. If they picked Gibbs ahead of Bijan at six, I think they have lost their minds. And also they gave David Montgomery the second highest running back contract in the offseason and free agency. So they're going to play Montgomery too. So they got two guys they're going to play. I think Montgomery ends up taking the lead touchdown role, but Gibbs gets so many PPR receptions. I think this is more of like an ETN, James Robinson role, with, but with a lot better offense and a lot more experienced quarterback and coaches. Uh, I do think this team this team definitely makes the playoffs. Um, I think my sleeper take is Sam Laporta does um, scores five-plus touchdowns and becomes a reliable fantasy tight end throughout the years. But the Hennon Hooker pick didn't make sense. This defense isn't as great, but the offense and coaching makes it better. So I'm going to give him 11 and 6. Don't think this is overrated. I don't think this is out of reach. But I do, what did I say? My hot take was Sam Laporta as well. Green Bay Packers. I got him going 9 and 8. And Jordan Love didn't bet on himself. And when you're a guy from the human side and the mental side of it, Jordan Love should have bet on himself. He's already three years into a first-round deal, so they're going to have to pay him no matter what because first-round deals, like you know, are all guaranteed. So he definitely is getting the week one role. He sat behind Aaron Rodgers for three years. He's going to be rusty off the bat. Like That's why they, I have them losing um, against Atlanta just because it's his second start on the road. They go to Chicago and Atlanta at the start. That's pretty tough. I think they get a big win in Chicago, but I think they go to Atlanta, and reality kind of hits them that Jordan Love's going to struggle. I don't even think that's biased. I think it's a fair take. But I think they go 9-8. and eight. Key wins, key losses. Uh, Atlanta, because they're probably going to be favored. Detroit, Pittsburgh, LA Chargers, Giants, and Minnesota. Uh, they have them sweeping Chicago. I think I think just think that happens. It's just this team's going to be okay. I think with Aaron Jones in his situation, he will get a lot of receptions because, like I have said, and I am going to implement that everybody should listen to this. Crushing quarterbacks don't look to check down. Any any level of football. Any level of football. Go watch Maris on a Friday night. Do you think do you think a rushing quarterback and Jack Ewart's gonna look and check down the ball? No, he is going to put his head down, put his shoulder down run up field, either slide down or get some yards. That's just the situation. Any level of football, college football, you think Caleb Williams is going to check him down as his running back? Well, he might this year because he knows he's going to be the first overall pick. 
But no, these guys are going to run, get the first down, slide down. I just don't think... Well, actually, I do think Aaron Jones gets uh, touches. What I'm trying to say, I think Christian Watson, my hot take, Christian Watson finishes as a top 10 wide receiver. And looking back at fantasy football magazines, I think this guy is a sleeper. I think Christian Watson finishes in the top 10 for fantasy points from wide receiver. Yards per run, I saw some stat. I think he's like top five in yards per route run, which I think is an excellent stat for fantasy. I think like A.J. Brown's up there. But I think this team, I think Christian Watson's going to make sense. I think all their games are going to be close. They're going to be throwing the ball. And he, Jordan Love has to have a wide receiver one. And we have so, so little tape of the Green Bay Packers team. But when Jordan Love got in, hit Christian Watson on a little, a little post slant route, took it to the house against Philly. I think that's what's going to happen a lot this year. I think Christian Watts makes sense. I think for a fifth or sixth round pick, I think it's a really, really good pick with his value. I think if you pick him fifth in the fifth slot, like maybe your flex, maybe your wide receiver two, I think that makes sense. But this isn't really isn't much fantasy talk, but I'd love to get in my strategy, but I already either did earlier or later in the video. But yeah, I think my hot take is Christian Watson has 10, finishes the top 10 wide receiver. Actually, this is, this is a little like they gave you a key number. Christian Watson reception in yard reception yards and touchdowns in the final eight games of his 2020 his rookie 2022 season, 523 yards, seven touchdowns. Just think that makes sense. I think he breaks out. Houston Texans. I kind of going five and twelve. When you're in a rebuild, you don't trade two first round picks to go get a defensive player unless this defensive player is the best defensive player you have ever seen, like a Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa. Um, who else won early? Why am I? Why am I? Aiden Hutchinson. I would have traded two first round picks for Aiden Hutchinson, but you don't trade two first round picks. And you don't trade your. You don't trade Houston's first round picks. I love the confidence. I love how you think you're gonna win, but Houston, I think you get less wins than Cleveland, and that's already been stated. So I don't like that move from Demarco Ryan's and their new general manager. That's both the new fresh crew, but I think Demarco Ryan's wanted. A defensive and an offensive player to help lead his team in the future. But hey, if Will Anderson does well, that's huge for them. Um, they have 12 losses, but some key wins. They went at home against Jacksonville and went at home against Cleveland. I think that's what I have. Um, if you want to actually see like these records, like if you want to see your team's record, um, like their whole thing and what I wrote down, just uh, DM me on Instagram at Bach Fantasy Talk what team you want to see, and I'll just take a picture and send it to you. Indianapolis Colts, I have them going. 7 and 10. A lot of people are saying, not people, I think I saw some article where who wins the position value for the Indianapolis Colts quarterback job. I think Jimmer Ursay pushes for Anthony Richardson to start week one against Jacksonville. I actually have them winning week one against Jacksonville. So I think that's a lot of hype and like, oh my God, Anthony Richardson's legit. Like he, he's the hottest waiver wire pickup for the week, and then he kind of slows down and kind of settles in. He's got some good weapons: Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. If they could finish high in the draft next year and pick Brock Bowers, I think that'll be an excellent pick. But uh, still a long time in the future. But I think seven to ten makes sense. Uh, key wins, sweep against Jacksonville. W against Cleveland, and then they have a streak where they lose six straight games, and then they win against their last two against Vegas 
and Houston. Jacksonville, 9-8, but that's good enough to get a playoff berth, and they're the fourth seed in the AFC. They get a couple nice wins. They go London back-to-back, which I think from the NFL, that's kind of smart, kind of just thinking, hey, do we want to move Jacksonville there? Is there a good fan base there? Would it work? Personally, I don't think, I think having an NFL team six hours away, like if you're playing Seattle, that's a long, long flight from Seattle to London. I don't think they should do that. You never know if they do, but that's a topic for the future. But I think they get, they get nine and eight, probably the one of the worst divisions in football. I think that end up, ends up being the worst division in football, but it's enough to make the playoffs. And everyone's talking about, you know, like I said earlier, this Justin Fields year three leap. Justin Fields got a new receiver. Well, you know who got a new receiver in Jacksonville and is a year three quarterback and his coach year one was off the club more than he was doing football stuff. And now he's a legit coach. Five and three in the postseason. They could have beat the Chiefs last year. They should have beat the Chiefs last year, but they didn't. And their receiver rooms gets even better. Three elite receivers, probably one of the better wide receiver rooms in the NFL. And here's my thing. Travis Etienne, I know this is fantasy, but Travis Etienne's ranking at 23rd in fantasy football on ESPN is the biggest trap this year stay away from etn i i know i said you know at the start i'm just here to help you and give you my opinion because what i think fantasy football is is you look to other people to get information and advice but in the end you make the decision like that's how i think you should take like when you're researching and listening to podcasts you should do the research for the stats and then listen to other people to see what they think and think and if they think similar tank bids Tank Bigsby in college. His name is Tank. He is a goal line back. Dearness Johnson was a really nice backup in Cleveland. Jamichael Heisty was a okay backup last year. But I, I will say Dearness Johnson did have a good line in Cleveland. But I think from Jacksonville's standpoint, I'm not picking ETN. I'm picking Trevor Lawrence. I think Lawrence is a better pick than Deshaun Watson. And you probably already heard that in my rankings. Evan Ingram's good. So there's like four really good receiving options. But I'm staying away from ETN. That's my player to avoid. My number one player to avoid. Because he stinks in the red zone. I think he was like fourth, like 4% success rate for touchdowns on his in the red zone or something like that. On his touches. Like he's not good. He's not efficient in the red zone. He's not good. And he was known coming out of college for being a receiving back. And he gets to Jacksonville and he's not even a receiving back. So I'm staying away from Travis Etienne, but I'm loving Trevor Lawrence. I'm loving Calvin Ridley. Guys, Calvin Ridley finished as the wide receiver five. Yes, I know Julio Jones got hurt a couple years ago. I think it was COVID year, but he did do really well with Julio Jones right next to him. I think Calvin Ridley does really well with Christian Kirk right next to him, and I think he makes Trevor Lawrence by far, by an absolute mile, the best quarterback to come out the 2021 NFL Draft. And the thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars is they're a team that all they have to do is just get into the postseason. And they dig in the postseason. They can make a run, and they're confident and they can make a run. They're the better team in this division. Unfortunately, like you said, I might say some great things about the Titans, but I don't think the Titans win the division. Um, spoiler right now, Jacksonville Jaguars finish first in the South. Kansas City Chiefs, no surprise. No surprise. Finish 
first in the AFC West with a record of 12 and 5. I think the Chiefs are kind of full of themselves. Like, you know, they won the Super Bowl, and you know, everybody talks about the Super Bowl hangover, but they're talking a lot. Like, I know Mahomes is good. I've watched quarterback, I know Mahomes is legit. But it doesn't make sense. They're talk they're talking a ton. They're talking a ton. And they, they have the respect from people and they have the right to talk. But I think they get a little ahead of themselves. Um, again, twelve and five, but my key losses are the Jets at Minnesota against Miami, against Cincinnati, and against the LA Chargers. I think Holmes loses his first AFC game on the road, and I believe that's because I think the Chargers already they're or the Chiefs already clinched in week eighteen, so they're not gonna play their starters. Uh, they don't get the first round by. Believe it or not, I got a better team doing that. But one thing I found curious, Matt Nagy is the new offensive coordinator. Obviously, Andy Reid is still calling the plays, so there's no reason to be scared. Didn't Eric Bieniemy do anything? Like I know I watched quarterback, and I know, like, yeah, I'm seeing a small sample size. Like, I'm not hearing everybody talk. But Matt Nagy always was talking to Patrick Mahomes. And I, Eric Bieniemy, the only time I remember where he talked to Patrick Mahomes was when Patrick Mahomes' ankle was hurt in the AFC Divisional game. Uh, Mahomes should be ready by camp, but yeah, I don't think the enemy's that good. I think Matt Nagy's actually a pretty good offensive coordinator, not a head coach. But 12-5, and five, take it, right? All you got to do is get in. All you got to do is get in, just like baseball. The Raiders, 3-14. and 3-14. I think with Devontae Adams, you already heard this, but with Devontae Adams is a quarterback-proof player in fantasy, but Jimmy G scares me. Not because he's a bad quarterback. I always, I always like Jimmy G. I always said he should have stayed in San Francisco, not because of the ankle. Jimmy G doesn't throw the ball deep. In Shanahan's offense, he really never threw the ball deep. It was more like play action, roll to the right, throw to Kittle. Boom, Kittle takes it 50 yards to the house because he's athletic. Wide receiver green, throws it to Debo. Debo runs right. Stiff arms Jalen Ramsey in the ground. Scores a touchdown. He never really threw the ball deep. And I'm not saying that because he missed that throw in the Super Bowl. This Vegas team isn't good. I think Josh McDaniels gets fired. That's another coach I have getting fired. Don't think this team's that great. Don't think the defensive line's great. I think their pass rush is excellent. I write as the day of I'm recording this, I think Marcus Peters is going in for a visit, which most likely, if guys go into a visit in July and August, basically means they're going to get signed. Like Gunnar Fournette probably ends up signing with the Patriots, but we'll get to that later. Three and fourteen, their only wins: L.A. Chargers on a Thursday night, Denver, and Green Bay. At week fourteen, I have them being one and thirteen. They pick Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams and Devontae Adams have some fun. But right now, I think Devontae Adams regrets going to Vegas after the season. And I still think Devontae Adams is a second-round pick. Would I, I think he's a second-round pick. I, would I pick him over like CeeDee Lamb or Diggs? No, just because of the quarterback situation. But he is quarterback-proof. When Stidham played, he did play really well. They did, Stidham, unfortunately, left. So if Jimmy G can't play, if, somehow doesn't, if he somehow fails his physical, I don't think he fails his physical. Brian Hoyer is going to have to step in. I think Josh Jacobs, though, gets a ton of work. I don't think Josh Jacobs even wants to be there. Very nice stadium, but I think ownership kind of stinks. 
Josh Jacobs does well. He's a second-round pick. I'm not picking Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams, but it, it, hey, the thing is, if you go 3-14, and 14, you lose 14 games, you're airing the ball out a ton. So there's no reason not to pick Devontae Adams. Just not for me. If I could have like CeeDee Lamb or Stephon Diggs or A.J. Brown, I would probably do that over Devontae Adams. But that's another story for later. After this, I am planning on doing specific players like who's bus proof, sleepers, hot takes, scary, exposing ESPN rankings. But we'll we'll finish up and we'll go to the Los Angeles Chargers, who I have going nine and eight, and I also have their coach getting fired. Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator, I think he's incredible. I think honestly he should be the head coach in LA Chargers. I'm not impressed with Brandon Staley. I think with the roster he's been given. Last year and the year before that, he should have, first year, I think the first year, should have made the playoffs. That was a timeout incident. And then the second year, he should have won that Jacksonville game. I mean, yeah, and the Falcons should have won the Super Bowl. But 9-8, and eight, I forget if I have them making the playoffs, but um, some key losses and some key wins. L at Miami. L at Dallas, L at Kansas City, L at the Jets, L at Baltimore, L at New England, L against Denver, L at Vegas, which is a tough one, but it's Thursday night football in Vegas, and I feel like Vegas football on Thursday night there is always incredible. I always feel like it's fun to watch. It's just this team's so good, and they push so much money back, and yes, Quentin Johnson's a good move. I think Keenan Allen does phenomenal if he stays healthy. I think Austin Eckler proves why he should get a good contract, and I think Austin Eckler's still a top-five fantasy player. Just right now, for me, I'm not taking the Chargers to be that good. I think their coach gets fired. L.A. Rams, I don't go in seven and ten. I mean, they lost a lot of guys, like you know Jalen Ramsey. All these guys left. I think they should, honestly should have kept Baker. They picked Sets and Bennett. Oh, hot takes with Vegas. Uh, they signed some like random quarterback off the free agent market, and he starts for their team. Hot take. For, oh, shut up, Alexa. Hot take for the Chargers coach gets fired. Uh, Rams got them going seven to ten. At first they struggle, start off slow. I think Stetson Bennett ends up playing for this team. I don't know why they would play bet right Brett right be, uh, excuse me, Brett Ripien over Stetson Bennett. I think Cam Akers. You look at Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers. Unless they sign a running back, I think Cam Akers is going to get a decent amount of work, kind of like a James Conner role. Crappy team, but he's going to get a good amount of work. And going to Cam Akers, a guy who comes off Achilles is not really himself until one or two years later. And Akers came back a little early, a little frisky, wasn't too good last year. I think it's two years actually. Excuse me, but I think Akers as well. I'm not concerned about Cooper Cup. I'm concerned about the quarterback situation for Cooper Cup. Michael Ford is the new offense coordinator, so maybe he switches it up. That's why I'm a little scared of Cooper Cup, just because he's a first-round pick. But I'll take Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford plays a ton. I think their relationship's a little frisky. I think when the Rams can decide to save some money by cutting Stafford, I think that's what they do. I think Stafford's still a good quarterback. For fantasy, I'm staying away from him. But from this team, it's going to be solid. Got them going 7-10. and 10. And some of these wins, like I can see y'all saying, how do they beat this team? And I just think it comes down to coaching as well. Uh, they beat Cleveland, and they beat Baltimore. They have their 7-7 seven and seven going into Week 15, and they lose their last three. It's a tough one. Hot take, Sets and Bennett plays. 
even though I hate Stetson Bennett, respectfully. Miami Dolphins eleven and six. They start off as ooh, they start off as the last undefeated team, winning their first six. Then they lose at Philly. They lose against New England. Lose against the Jets on Prime Video on a Friday after Thanksgiving. That's gonna be a fun one. And they lose against Tennessee. That's probably their worst loss I have. Eleven and six is good. Finished second in the AFC East. Man, I wonder who finishes one. But they finish second in the East. Tua is going to take an enormous step. If he can stay healthy, the coaching's awesome. Offense is awesome. Running back situation is going to be a little frisky. And again, I was debating doing this. I was waiting until Hopkins and Cook were going to sign, specifically because the Dolphins are a team where you think Dalvin Cook's going to go to. But I don't even think Dalvin Cook affects these standings. I mean, he's explosive and he's a really big playmaker. But is Raheem Mostert kind of the same thing as well? I mean, he's old, 30 years old, still fast. Jeff Wilson, these are both guys that um, Mike McDaniel stole from Va- or excuse me, the 49ers. I think the team does well, 11-6. I think it's a fair record. I think they make the playoffs, and I think they might make a run. Minnesota Vikings, 11-6. Yes, this was made before quarterback. Uh, I love Kirk Cousins. I think adding Jordan Addison was good. Until Jordan Addison, for some reason, I, uh, I'm i not going to question these guys. But going 140 miles an hour in a 55, just anybody should not be doing that. If, if, you play, if you're an NFL player and you're somehow listening to this podcast, just have people drive you around. People will drive you around. You're an NFL player. But besides that, 11-6, and six, a lot of key wins here. Uh, start off easy one against Tampa. Justin Jefferson goes for the normal 200 yards, one touchdown. Does really well. Show what shows why he's the first round pick or first overall pick. And yes, Justin Jefferson should be the first overall pick. Uh, for some reason, this magazine has Dalvin Cook in it, but Dalvin Cook is gone. Um, they lose against Philly on Thursday night. They're never Vikings will never win a game at Philly on at night in a primetime game ever. Tough losses. They lose to Chicago and Green Bay. But I have them going on a nice streak. They beat the Dirty Birds in Atlanta just because of the fact, I think, that it's going to be more Vikings fans than Falcons fans. But I think they have them sweeping the NFC South. Yeah, I have them sweeping the NFC South. So they get nice little stuff there. Losing to Cincinnati, I just think they get aerated and it's on the road. And I got them finishing first in the North. I always think I again I made this before quarterback. They didn't switch up much. They basically just got rid of Dalvin Cook and an old Adam Thielen. TJ Hawkinson as well. Speaking of TJ Hawkinson, he confuses me. I'm I gotta look at the stat line actually. He confuses me just from the fact that he's getting where his ADP is. I think it's a little much. I think a fifth round pick on a tight end of his range is a little much. But let's look at his sample size. We're not gonna look at his sample size in Detroit just because of the fact that that's obviously not his quarterback. Minnesota at Washington. He had, okay, let's see. Why are they making this so difficult? Dude, why are they making this? Like inside the 20, I really don't care. I just want to see his stats. Game locks, career. Oh my god. Alright, let's look. Against Minnesota. 
Seven receptions, 45 yards. Five receptions, 34 yards. So he always gets a big game. Like, he gets one or two big games. Like, he got a big game with Detroit, and he got a big game with Minnesota. He actually had two solid big games. Week 18, I don't know if that counts. Forget if they were in or out. I think they were out at that point. Yeah, I think they were out. Because I think I remember them winning the North at home. So I think by then they were kind of just like, man, we already won the North. Like, let's get ready for the playoffs. I don't think he's worth a fifth-round pick. I think he's, uh, If I'm taking TJ Hawkinson, I'm taking him as my sixth-round pick just due to the fact that mm, touchdowns aren't there. It's not really spread out touchdowns. He gets t- uh, Yeah, I just can't pull the trigger on him in the fifth or sixth round. I'd wait for, like, Kittle or Dallas Goddard. Uh, I don't have any of these coaches getting fired here, but... I think Minnesota wins North again. I think their home field advantage is absolutely crazy, and I still think they keep their one-score games. They did lose a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball, but ultimately that's the way it goes. Those guys were older, and they were linebackers, so I'm not sweating it too much. And I think they brought in Davenport, who was a really good elite rusher from New Orleans. So this this Minnesota team is still going to be pretty nice. New England Patriots. Eight and nine. Just well coached. Everybody says Bill Belichick's on the hot seat. When you get guys like Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, you can't make them go. It's just not right. I forget who said it. I think it was J.J. Watt said this. You want to enter relationships and... You wanna leave you excuse me, you wanna relieve you wanna leave relationships as good as you started them. I just think that the way it is in New England, I think Bill Belichick ends up retiring. My problem with Bill Belichick, and I think Ian White said this on a couple episodes ago, is that he sticks around coaches who should not be coaching at that position or level they should. I think Matt Patricia last year was calling plays, and I always thought he was a defensive-minded coach, and I think he was in Detroit. I think he was in New Orleans or New England, and some reason you should just switch him to the offensive side of the ball. I think Mac Jones is getting screwed. I still think eight and nine is a really good record with this division. I think the fact I think I ex- almost expected them to get DeAndre Hopkins. The fact they didn't pay him thirteen or fourteen million dollars a year is a mistake just because I think DeAndre Hopkins would help Mac Jones that much. Like, sure, they're bringing back Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster on these, like, three-year, $33 million deals, but that's a wide receiver two deal. If you gave DeAndre Hopkins into this wide receiver one role, it would make Mac Jones a much better quarterback and it would make Bill Bryan an even better offensive coordinator because I think Bill Bryan is going to be a really good offensive coordinator. Let's talk about Ramondre Stevenson. As of right now, no running back is signed. If Leonard Fournette signed, it's going to drop Stevenson's value a little bit just due to the fact that Stevenson, if he was the starting running back and the premier bell cow running back, he would be getting these red zone touches. I think Leonard Fournette, if he signs to any team like the Bengals or the Patriots, he's going to get two or three rushing touchdowns. And that's about six or more points that he's taking away from when he signs here. I think the problem with the Patriots is I think Robert Kraft's looking and all the Patriots fans are looking at Bill Belichick 
and they know he's a good coach. They just don't agree with the relationship decisions he's making. And I think that's fair to say. But I still think this team is well enough coached and is still good enough on the defensive side of the ball to prove themselves right for this year. And they're just mid. I hate that word. But they're just mid. Eight and nine. Some key wins. They beat the Jets in week three. Beat Dallas in week four. Beat Buffalo in week seven. Beat Miami in week eight. Beat the Chargers in week 13. Like Those are good, legit wins. And I see the Patriots getting those good, legit wins. But this team's just not for me. Do they have any fantasy value? Besides Ramondre Stevenson, not really. I wouldn't even pick Juju. I wouldn't even put him on my bench. Just not good. They're really they're so well coached that it makes them worse. New Orleans Saints, eight and nine, second in the South. I gave them a couple nice wins. Gave them a win against Tennessee. I gave them a win against Tennessee. That's all I gave them. Derek Carr and Andy Dalton's stats were exactly the same. I think A.T. Perry is going to be really good. So it's totally not like he went to Wake Forest, but I think he actually will play a lot. I think Chris Olave also makes the top 10 from a wide receiver perspective just because I think Carr was fifth in efficiency in deep ball. And I, the play I always remember, I was at the Falcons-Bears game and I was grabbing something, or I was using the bathroom, and red zone's on because I was in like the club 50-yard line. And Olave just wide open, beautiful route. Dalton puts it on the money. I think it was against the Rams. Absolute money throw. Hits him in stride. Boom to the house. Just looked really good. And year two, wide receivers tend to take the leap. Year one, running backs tend to take the leap. Year three, quarterbacks tend to take the leap in the NFL. That's just how it is and how it's been in the past. I don't think Derek Carr makes his team better. I think they're honestly spending too much on their quarterback room for the quarterback play they're getting. I think the running back room is getting too much for the way the running back room is getting played. I'm staying away from Michael Thomas. I'm am keeping Chris Olave though. But I do think this team could definitely finish above 500. But not enough for them birds, baby. Oh yeah, I do have them beating week. I do have the Saints beating the Falcons in week 18. But yeah, the them birds are gonna do a lot better. 31st strength of schedule rank. I think the Falcons are 32nd, and by 31st that means the second easiest. Yeah, the Falcons are 32nd. Yeah, so one of those teams is gonna win it. Panthers aren't winning the division, and Bucks aren't winning the division. Already put 20. Already put 20 down. Bucks down to win 60 bucks to for the Falcons to win the division. Not on a gambling website, all right? It was with three friends, so don't pull that on me. But, yeah, that's what I think happens. New York Giants. Nine and eight. Third in the East. They should have paid Saquon. Like, again, I'm not really against running backs getting paid. I don't think you should have paid Jacobs. I don't think you should have paid Pollard. But I believe you should have at least give Saquon the Nick Chubb contract. And I'm going to look at the Nick Chubb contract right now. In the end, 
the NFL is a business. If you look at Saquon Barkley, he is the biggest sports player in New York. Besides Aaron Judge and Aaron Rodgers. Come on now. But yeah, he, he he's really marketable for the Giants. And he seems like he actually wanted to get the deal done. And I think if they gave him the same deal that Chubb got, 36.6 with 20 million in guarantees. I think he would have taken it. I think he should have taken it. I don't know why he wouldn't have taken it. Would have wouldn't have taken it. But it's just gonna hurt them more than it helps. Like if you paid him, like okay, like a running back got paid. Like the media's off it. Everyone's off. Like, okay, Saquon's staying in New York. He's happy. The team's happy. But if he has to sit out, that's going to be really, really bad to look. Really bad for the general manager. And just really bad in general. But this man signed a four-year contract worth $31 million. And he's getting another $10 million. Forty-one million dollars guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah, he's fine. I don't feel bad for him. But yeah, I think it's gonna hurt him more than it helps just because they're gonna get so much media coverage. And if he starts holding out, it's gonna be a really bad look. And the problem is if he gets a slight injury, like oh he hurts his wrist or he hurts his knee, like and he doesn't want to risk it just because he wants to get a contract in the offseason. I think he would do it. I think the problem is you look at that and you're like, all right, does he sit out the season or does he play? I think he ends up playing, but that just scares me. It just scares me because they can't come to a deal now. But with the Giants, what am I trying to say? It hurts more than it helps just because the media is going to be on you. It's going to be annoying. Nine and eight. Key wins. Seattle. New England, and they beat Philly in Week 18. It's an easy schedule. Actually, it's a hard schedule. It's a hard schedule. I think Dable's fine. I think Daniel Jones can make it work. I think I'd pick Daniel Jones' fantasy just because of his rushing upside. And if they're down, they'll be running, throwing the ball a lot. New York Jets with the second best record in the National Football League finish with an electric 14 and 3 record. The New York Jets did what the Packers haven't done in the past few years, and that is make Aaron Rodgers feel at home and feel happy. If you go on ESPN for the next month, all they're going to be talking about is the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Bears. It's all they love to talk about. A lot of pressure. But I think Rodgers loves it over there. I think Garrett Wilson makes a tremendous leap. I think this team goes 14-3. and three. three losses. Buffalo. Miami. And New England. Team's got a lot of nice weapons. They'll be fine. 14 and 3. Do they win the Super Bowl? Man, we'll find out soon. Philadelphia Eagles, 10 and 7. Super Bowl hangover is legit. And I know this is in baseball. It happens a lot more in baseball or in basketball, especially the Hawks. The Hawks are a perfect example of this. 
When you make a great run, sometimes the best decision to make is not bringing every single player from that run back. Hawks are a great example when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Just ask Wyatt Alford. It wasn't the best move to bring back John Collins for that much money. When the Washington Nationals won the World Series in 2019, they didn't bring Rendon back. Everybody, one player leaves. One player leaves and, go, and goes and gets the money. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is a good example. One good player is going to leave. And a lot of players are going to want to come. But I don't think bringing everybody back is the best move. They got a good defensive line. Got an excellent defense. I just think the hangover gets to them. I just think it does. And this might be the worst record prediction at right now that will end up at the end of the season. But they make the playoffs. And it just, everything went right. Everything went right. Even the draft, everything went right. I think something happens. And I just think this team takes a step back. 10-7. and seven. It just makes sense. I think so. If Jalen Hurts does go down, Mar- Mariota would be solid. Solid backup. I just think 10-7 and seven makes sense. It, it just does. Losses, Jets, Washington. Every, for, some reason, for some reason last year, teams in the NFC East struggled in Washington. It might not happen this year. But just saying, a lot of teams struggled. Washington, Kansas City, no surprise. San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle, and New York Giants. Seattle might be a stretch. I'd probably get to switch that one. I just think 10-7 and seven makes sense. And it's the hardest strength of schedule, but this team is also the, one of the better teams in football. So 10-7 and seven is still a respectable record, but unfortunately that record gets them to second in the NFC East, but it's a good enough record to get them the wild card. Pittsburgh Steelers, 11-6, second in the North. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Atlanta Falcons are the same exact team, not from a, not from a roster standpoint, but from how they're treated across the league. I think the Steelers went 9-8 and eight last year with Mitch Trubisky starting their first few games and Kenny Pickett finishing it off. 25th strength of schedule, one of the better coach teams in the league. Maybe Matt Canada isn't the greatest player, but 11-6 is really nice. L at San Fran, L at the Rams, L at Cleveland, L at Cincinnati, L against Cincinnati, L against Seattle. I think 11-6 is respectable. I think this team makes the playoffs. I think their defense isn't great and good enough. I think the offense is solid enough to make it work. I think Najee Harris has a balance back here. I read something where Najee Harris and Dwayne Haskins, I believe, were really tight and close friends. And I think that happening before the season didn't help. It didn't help. So this team will... This team will be really nice. 11-6. And finishing with the best record in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. 15-2. The thing with Kyle Shanahan is he does what he wants. And he's so good at what he does, it works out. The only two L's are against Dallas and Washington. Dallas should have beat the 49ers in the playoffs last year. They should have beat the 49ers, even at their stadium. 
Pollard went down, and that's ultimately where the Cowboys' offense fell. They couldn't rely on Zeke, and they couldn't really work. But enough of Dallas, 15-2. A little tough schedule, but I'm looking at it, and I think they win the big games they should, and they make other teams struggle because they're that talented. 15-2. and two. Seattle Seahawks go 8-9. and nine. Oh, now that I look at it, I don't like this that much, but I'm going to stick with it. 8-9. and nine. Other teams got to win some games, and I think they struggle at Arizona in the last week, taking some L's. I think they lose against Detroit, New York Giants, Cincinnati, Baltimore, L.A. Rams, San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco, and Arizona. 8-9. and nine. They never beat San Francisco. Um, I think this team is still pretty solid. I just don't think their defense is that great. I think they get exposed. I think picking running backs back-to-back years in the second round is in the best move. I don't think Charbonnet affects Kenneth Walker's value that much, but I just think going wide receiver first round and running back second round wasn't the best formula. I know they had a ton of picks, but I just still don't think that's the best formula if the picks that were being used. I don't even think Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are on their way out, but what do I know? Not eight and nine. Buccaneers, 7-10. and ten. They honestly probably could lose a lot more games. But I see them sneaking in a couple games here and there where they make teams struggle. Uh, key win, I have them upsetting Buffalo. That's pretty much it. I think their coach gets fired. I think Todd Bowles isn't good. And I think if you pick Caleb Williams, you want a co- legit coach who can go in there and actually coach up Caleb Williams. So my brain's starting to slow down. I've been going for about an hour and seven minutes now. So... Not going to talk much. Tennessee Titans five and twelve. This was before DeAndre Hopkins signed. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins changes it much. I think if Malik or I think Malik Willis gets cut, but I think if Will Levis plays, DeAndre Hopkins is definitely going to help him. I think Hopkins definitely helps Derrick Henry's fantasy value. I think five and twelve is honestly probably it could be more like eight and nine or nine and eight. But I'm gonna stick with what I got. Actually, switch that. I have them going six and eleven. I'm switching my mind. I don't think they lose at Houston. They always win at Houston. So whatever Houston, I think Houston's now four and thirteen, but six and eleven doesn't change much. I think they uh, get up there and they take Brock Bowers and have Will Levis be nice options. Adding DeAndre Hopkins is definitely a good move. It's just the fact that there's nobody else good. I mean, they're gonna be good. I think honestly they could end up being Jacksonville in the division. I think six and eleven is just it's a little harsh, but. Somebody's got to go 6-11. Washington, 5-12. and 12. Uh, Upset Philly. Upset San Fran. Upset Dallas. All right. Go to the playoffs. We'll start with the AFC. Cincinnati at LA Chargers. Cincinnati. Kansas City at St. Louis. Can- excuse me. St. Louis at Kansas City. I have Kansas City. Jacksonville at Miami. Or Jack- Ooh, Miami at Jacksonville. I'm picking Miami. Miami at the New York Jets in the divisional. I have the New York Jets ups beating the Miami Dolphins. Cincinnati. Kansas City at Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati winning that game. In not Burrowhead. Not Burrowhead. Cincinnati at the New York Giants. Cincinnati Bengals go to the Super Bowl. Dallas against New York. Giants. I have Dallas. Minnesota against Philly at home for Minnesota. I have Philly winning that one. Detroit at Atlanta. 
I have the Detroit Lions. Philly at 49ers. It's the 49ers time. I have the 49ers. Detroit at Dallas. Detroit, for some reason, always struggles in Dallas. I have Dallas. 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys. I have the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas versus Cincinnati in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Dallas Cowboys win 31-27. Stick around for the players' rankings. And uh, what I'm going to say next, I'm just going to talk about specific players. Thank you for listening. Uh, but we're moving on to the next segment. Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl. All right. Well, if you listen to all four and whatever minutes that is, all four hours of that, I applaud you and thank you a lot. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Again, we got a Falcons Talk episode coming in the future. Hopefully a couple of interviews and, again, weekly episodes. So there's no reason to not follow Instagram. Hopefully you if you don't agree with my rankings. Hopefully you get a second perspective on everything. Hopefully everything goes well for you this year. Thank you for listening. And like always, we will see you next time.